Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Guy Gapiers. Oh, brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Episode. This is Q here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. What's going on, Facebook Live, YouTube listeners of the podcast? Welcome, Jay Randall, Brian Chiller. How you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. It's a beautiful Thursday evening. The cold is finally starting to set in. You should have took the lead on this one. This was your show idea, man. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about hunting hunt mishaps. Um, we're going to, you know, there's been a, a recent string of events that have been happening in my life, and and uh, Brian's been through some stuff in the past, and uh, we got a few more people coming on, and uh, I got a, um, also like a life-threatening story I'd like to share. Um, we'll have uh, about my buddy Scotty, but, um, you know, we'll get into that. But yeah, we, we were just thinking... You know, it's it's the season where, you know, you're dealing with a lot of sharp stuff and you're in the woods and this is always a great time to get hurt, <laughs> you know, while you're sure. walking through the woods. Sure. Yeah. You know? 
well especially tree stands saddles oh yeah uh, things like that um well i'm sure we'll touch on all facets of that um uh but real quick before we jump into the show i wanted to uh address something <laughs> uh earlier in the week on uh armando's show uh i put a disclaimer at the beginning of his show and there was many different reasons for that uh a um armando expressed some opinions in there that uh not everybody uh on paddle and finn agreed with <clears throat> Uh, which isn't a bad thing. We're all entitled to opinions. And uh, who am I to say what he can and can't talk about on this podcast? Um, but because there were some anglers involved and things like that, like we just uh, made it a point to make sure uh, that Paddle and Finn was protected, everybody else, in case there was any kind of backlash, because uh, it, it revolved around the last bass event, uh, Drew Gregory getting disqualified, things like that. So um, I got some messages. I know Armando got some messages. Armando agreed with it um, just because it was kind of a touchy subject. And we try to stay pretty even keel here at Paddle and Finn. And, um, you know, I think Armando did a great job in that episode uh, uh, on explaining things. Um and I think there was a lot of lessons to be taken from that uh, in regards to angler responsibility, knowing the rules, the boundaries, things like that. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there, uh, you know, at the start of our show on on why that kind of went in there. Um, it was nothing against Armando or anybody else. Uh, it was just to uh, be cautious in today's times. So hopefully everybody understands. So, sorry. We'll uh, totally Debbie Downer, bro. Well, you know, it's something <laughs> no, you got to talk about. It's yeah. something you got to mention. You know, uh, it. Like I said, it wasn't uh, to offend anybody. It was more yeah. to protect. So, yeah, absolutely. But uh, we got some we got some guests in the house tonight to join join us for this uh, cool little show we're doing tonight. We got. Uh, John Big Daddy Rap and Brad My Dear Season Ends in 30 Seconds from opening <laughs> What's going on everyone? What's up, Morning brother? Or evening, What's up, Brad? Did Brad you make a purchase tonight? Back porch. <laughs> no, not off my back porch. I I mean I get to the land. I walk in, I get in my tree stand, I get my jacket on, I see a deer, I shoot it, and I text them and be like, I'm done, boys, time to duck hunt. <laughs> shut up. Nobody, like, nobody likes you, man. Just shut I, up. I hope I do that to you this coming rifle season. Dude, isn't that the thing, though? I know you're going to be sitting there like, everyone just used to be waiting to hear the first crack. Yeah. yeah. That's how it is with rifle season, you know? Oh, God. <clears throat> Dwayne yeah. Wally in the house. How you doing, sir? Hey, Dwayne. What's up, Dwayne? Uh, good stuff, man. So where do we want to start? Uh, how about, Jay, why don't you kick it off? Because you just had some uh, <laughs> some mishaps the other night. Uh, oh, that yeah. Were pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, it was I was out last weekend, and, man, everything went wrong. It was kind of cool uh, in a, the worst <laughs> way. But, uh no, I mean, it's, you know, it, 
you know, so I'm using a saddle this year, which isn't a problem at all. Uh, none of that, but, um, you know, I ascended the tree and, you know, I was already having problems with my drop rope. You know, I was like, I just, because of the angle with all the, the branches that were sticking around the way I had to get up the tree first, there was just no way to like cleanly go up and I daisy chain it, um, just to eliminate that issue. But I still had issues, but, um, but I finally got up, you know, into the tree and got things set up. And no sooner than I, um, I go to untangle the uh, drop line, which is still just everywhere. I like totally just knock my bow right off of its, uh, right off of the, uh, the arm in the tree. And I just watch it sail to the ground. There's nothing I could do about it. I was just, and it was like that slow motion, yeah. you know, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the skateboarders, the snowboarders, anybody who's an alternative sports knows that like when you fall, you know, usually at a high rate of speed or something, everything like slows down a lot. It was like that moment, except I'm watching my bow just quickly descend to the ground. Um, and it landed like right on its cam. And then like my bag ended up like flying off my backpack and, uh, it broke my, it broke my, uh, sight clean off. Um, you know, and again, just kind of, and it's funny, like, and you just have that moment where you just want to scream, (laughs) you know, you just want, like you're in the woods, you're just like, Oh, and you're just like, no man, like, what is that going to, what's that going to do for me right now? Nothing. Sure. You know, so maybe scared other deer. I've already made a ton of noise. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was just unfortunate, man. I mean, uh, climb back down the tree and luckily I had the crossbow with me, but, you know, whatever. I really wanted to shoot the bow out of that tree. It was a little more difficult with the positioning with the crossbow, but, you know, not a horrible thing. I mean, the, the bow works. I've tested it, so we're good there. Um, I got the new site and like like a day and a half so i I popped that back on there it's almost zeroed so i don't know it's uh what a learning experience that day was you know so uh what did you learn out of that i learned to not be not be a dope and uh put first of all take take my time a little bit more um and just you know, and I'm still kind of, I'm still learning too. Um, never really done a lot of tree stuff, you know, so this is all new for me. Um, the first couple times I, I did all right, but this time was just, I don't know, everything just kind of went wrong with it. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, take my time. I'm going to position my line a little bit better. I may look into other options. Uh, I know they got basically have like those retractors. Yep. <clears throat> a lot of people use, and that's a little easier. I mean, they're a little heavier um but you know it's an answer to that problem i had um and again just i mean be more uh uh, conscious of like my surroundings and what's going like where everything is like because even when you think things are safe and i never thought about the bow i really really never have um now i will put a little bit of blame on the arm because i i don't think it has a good enough base i never did but I like the length of it and the strength. That's why I use it. Sure. But it was just so, it was just in the bark and it moved. I think it needs a big, like a wider base personally, but I, I'm the one who knocked it out of the tree. That's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, but that thing collapsed. So I was like, well, that didn't help, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't know, man, just take your time and just, uh, you know, uh, 
you got to practice going up the tree and getting in there and doing that stuff. That's just the way it goes. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, cause you're more of the tree stand guy. Sure. You know, we got, uh, Dwayne Wally says I'm too old and beat up for a saddle. Yeah. So. I like, I like ground blinds too, bud. <laughs> right on. But I mean, have you ever had any issues like going up the tree? Like, um, I don't know. You ever almost slipped out or I mean, any uh, issues with that, buddy? Uh, I I just recently had one. I'm going to, I'm going to wait for that one. Okay. Until hopefully Scotty jumps on here. So oh, okay, hopefully by you. the time it gets to me, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, how about you, Mr. Rap? What's a, what's a good mishap life lesson? Well, West Virginia, we, I've got several stories I was going to help you with here tonight. Um, sure. Two of them are where I was in the capacity of a law enforcement officer. But the, the one that I had that was the, the scariest for me was I was using my, my, my climber. Sure. And I was going up the side of a tree and, uh, it, you know, probably 20 degrees. I got up about. 15 to 20 feet up into the tree and I slid about 10 foot back down and you know uh, so the only thing that really stopped me was my my harness because I I hadn't moved it up with me it was still down as I was going up mm-hmm. and I slid all the way down um, but I, I it, it was it was scary so you know when it comes to those type of situations guys I, I always get the best technology nowadays that you can get back then i was using i this was uh probably early 90s and they were still using chains sure inst- mm-hmm. instead of the the the, the rubberized cords and uh, right i so I, I got rid of that stand real quick yeah and, and think then, of, i was gonna say think of how awkward that is too because the way a climber is you're like you're you're facing the tree and you're pretty good amount away from it. So I can only imagine free falling like that, (laughs) you know, it, it definitely made my uh, stomach go away real quick. And I, I went back down to the ground. I don't smoke, but if I had had a cigarette, I would have took a a few minutes to enjoy one right there. You mentioned climbers, man, and I like. I think like Dwayne. I'm too old and beat up for a climber. Like I used to have one, super heavy. Like just like the workout you get from climbing up the tree that way, man. Like your core, you know, just gets a totally beat up. Yeah. Till you get till you get used to it, you know. But yeah, I mean that's uh, that's an important thing, right? Like you know, it, it, thank God you had the tree strap on, you know. That, and you know, and it wasn't the real nice ones that they have now. It was basically like the where a strap that you strapped around, and and, and you and then I had one strapped around my waist. It wasn't the like the the carabiner type thing that you use when you're doing uh, sure. zip lining and stuff. It, um, yeah, I, like I was fortunate. Isn't it like a seatbelt? Yeah, just, basically. Yeah, it's just like a. It wasn't. Belt. It wasn't. It wasn't very. Uh, it was old. I mean, this stand. I was just starting to use it, and I bought it used. It was probably ten years old when I bought it in, uh, in the mid nineties. So, um. But uh, I 
I got rid of it. And I, that's when they had the new ones out with the, the nice uh, r- rubberized back yeah. cords. And uh, mm-hmm. I never slipped after that. I still have it. But I mean, I ha- since I've got into kayak fishing the last eight years, I've been up to my cabin maybe uh, 20 times. Huh. Um, but uh, Well, we'll all come visit your cabin if you're not going up there. Well, you know. We'll go, we'll go make sure. It's funny. It's funny when Jay Jay reached out to me today about it, about this show. As soon as I got off talking to him, uh, my buddy Trooper Green, who helped me build the place, called me and says, Hey, he hadn't been up there in like three or four years. He's like, Hey, is anybody up at the cabin? And I'm like, No. He's like, Well, I'm going up this weekend. I'm like, Outstanding. And uh, so he, um, it's going to get some use this year. Well, you know, nice. Since, yeah. since my dad died, it not, we haven't been up there. and I haven't been up there in four years. Oh, wow. Well, and it's super I, remote too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, it is. It's about, I would say, eight miles off the hard road, the oh, four wow. lane. Uh, there's no power back there. It's it's back in the mountains, and it takes you to get to it. You have to do a loop, like a loop around to get to it. You can't. There's no way to get to it. Um, by four wheeler, it takes you probably 35 minutes. By truck, you're talking 45 um, to to get to it via the trails. Um, but uh, I'll go ahead and while I've got the floor, I'll tell you this one. Where my cabin is, is a lot of laurel thickets and there's a lot of bear, black bear. Sure. And and uh, Paul, the, the the guy that's going up this weekend, he, he is a bear hunter, and so he would always go up there and he he'd take all his gear up there and his, his stuff, and he'd always hang it on our out, outside on one of our four befores. My cabin's a little twenty four by twenty four, and uh, it has a loft. And above the loft is a sleeping area, so we can sleep six to eight people in there. Oh, that's and, cool. Um, but uh, I come up there after one winter, and where he'd been hanging his bear gear and always had all his scents, his bear scents, and uh, a black bear come up and gnawed that four before almost through. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I had the cooler. We have our cooler sitting outside, and we left one day, came back. The next morning, all my coolers were ripped open, and I had four or five uh, 20 or, or the, uh, the two liter bottles of Pepsi and Coke. They had chewed through those and ate all that. Um, so we, we, we have a bear problem in West Virginia. So, oh, geez. But that, that was several years ago. They're still here. I, matter, I, I had one uh, earlier in the week. There was a, a, a juvenile run over right here next to the house. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, um, looking forward to seeing how he does this weekend. Good luck Maybe we'll you. have a paddle and fan retreat. You guys can come down here. And we can just have a big barbecue and hang out up there or something. Don't threaten us with a good time. <laughs> I was we'll just Jay, well. Let's get Jay a nice big bubble. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna eat, drink, and swim in permethrin. I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to drink. This should be fine. That's funny. That's funny. How about you, Mr. Hurlboss? 
Well, we'll stick with the trees. Uh, so I got one is, I don't know, 10 years ago now, hunting up in the north woods of Wisconsin. Um, Saturday went fine, left our tree stands at, like, I was using a climber, left it at the base of the tree overnight, rather than hump it out, hump it back in. There wasn't, no one's going to mess with it. When we got there in the morning, we had realized we had a ton of freezing rain. Ooh. So my climber is covered in freezing rain. So, of course, because I'm out there deer hunt, I'm still going to climb the tree. So I chipped off as much as I could, as quietly as I could. And as I'm climbing the tree, I'm about halfway up to where I want to get, and my one foot slips. And right about when my harness caught me, like right before my harness mm. caught me, my knee slammed like with all my weight into the, into the climbing platform. <clears throat> Like I was safe. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like, I mean, my harness was right there. Like I wasn't going to fall. My climber didn't slip, but my foot slipped right out from underneath. Like, cause I, that had those, it had the quick stirrups is what they were called. So they were almost sure. just like two plastic hooks. Yeah. Right. And like, there was nothing to hold your heels in. Oh, wow. So like they're great when it was dry, but in freezing rain, those things were, those things were a nightmare. Like I only had it happen once, but that was enough to make it a nightmare. And my knee slammed into that metal aluminum stand floor so hard. I just kind of like, I remember just sitting there like, that hurt. <laughs> like, that really hurt. Dude. Yeah, that's brutal, man. That is brutal. I remember getting a text from my buddy like, what was that? Like, that my knee. <laughs> oh. Oh. I thought you were going to say you got up the tree and the, the tree was all iced up and that's what made you slide down. Mm -mm. No, there was ice on the tree, but my climber cut through that really good. It, it, the cables it had on it really did a good job of biting hard. So I didn't slip at all. I wasn't worried about slipping on the tree, but I didn't think my boot was going to slip out of there and boy, did it slip. Sure. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like, uh, I seek one started doing a podcast and, uh, they had a guy on like two, three weeks ago, I think it was, uh, in the, they also did a video with this guy and, uh, basically I think he was in Alabama or Georgia, uh, goes out to hunt, climbs up in his stand as he's going to clip in to his, uh, tree strap, he something happened and he like stepped out of his tree stand fell uh hit a branch on the way down which broke his back and then when he hit the ground broke his neck his cell phone's in his pocket but he can't reach it yep he laid out there for i think it was two days before they found him uh so i'm gonna drop the link to that in the chat because there's a lot of a lot yeah. of great info in there uh, that that is super valuable. But uh, yeah, that's what that's what I think about too. And so Scotty didn't jump in, but uh, it was Saturday. Went out to hunt public land. Um, saw a bunch of people running around the woods, which later found out uh, they were actually tracking a deer that a guy had shot uh, earlier in the morning. Um, so I went and hunted the other side of this piece of public land, which was actually good for my wind. Uh, but I kind of got out there a little late and got to my tree try, or found a tree to get up in right where a bunch of paths cross. And, uh, 
saw a ton of scrapes, rubs, things like that on the way out. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. So trying to get up there, get set up. And uh, I'm using the helium climbing sticks. And I kind of set my stand right above the Y in this tree on the one straighter trunk. And as I stepped off my last step, it kind of like twisted off the tree and dropped down. (laughs) Well, I'm standing in the Y of the tree, so I'm fine. But I'm like, how am I going to get down? My backpack's still on the ground. My my bow is still on the ground. And I'm stuck up in this tree. And I had almost texted Scott saying like, hey, you got to come save me, dude. Uh, but fortunately enough, like the last two sticks were kind of stacked fairly close. I didn't space them out a ton because of the Y of this tree. I couldn't, you know, exactly get it. So it was space. So I was stepping up higher. So I was able to, you know, work my way down to that third stick and get that stick straightened out. But I mean, had Scott not been out there and it was just me myself, like who's going to come straighten out my climbing stick to get me straight. So I think the the thing I took away from that is just kind of mess with it a little bit more, make sure it's totally solid. And again, it goes back to what Jay was talking about. Don't be, you know, rushing to get set up. Um, I think a lot of times we do that. So last night when I went out, I, I definitely took my time. I was like, whatever, if a deer walks in on me right now, great. But at least I'm going to be safe getting up and down this tree. So that that was kind of my mishap. I almost spent the night in the tree. So that would have been fun. Would have been fun. <clears throat> Has anyone here had the pleasure of falling from a height? Uh, not from hunting. <laughs> I yeah. the The closest <laughs> I've come is like missing that last step, going backwards off the tree. Because I always use climbing sticks. You know, back in the day, it was the the steel ones or whatever, and you get a twenty foot section or whatever. And I've all I've a couple times like, especially at night when you're getting down. Um, Oh yeah, miss that last step, and then you're almost falling yeah. backwards. Like, holy crap, what did I just do? You know? Yeah. Even like the last one down to the bottom. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, for me, it seems like it's much easier to like go up than it is to come down. Sure. For that last step, because you're, you know, you think it's closer than it is, and it's not. And, right. And then it, you know, for me, it's like the lineman's belt was probably a little bit longer. You know, when I got up that first time, you know, so it's like I always notice sure. that. I always got to be careful. Yeah, and in the same in the same light, uh, when when you you set your tr- your climbing stand up to get in it to start climbing up, it seems like when you go back down, you you never come down the same way that you went up. So you're you're awkward. You're you're either on the the, the downhill slope, which makes it more difficult uh, um, to to get out because that upper or the the bottom one's too low. Um, anyway, I. Yeah, they... I, I always have issues when I when I was doing that. But uh, talking about that story, I think it was Brad was talking about with the guy was the guy hanging, broke his neck. Who was who was? No, 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 he was he, he was he was on the ground. Yeah, he fell. Um, that was one of my uh, situations when I was a trooper back in 1995. Um, I, 
we only had three troopers that covered a whole western area like 30 30 40 miles so we only had one working a shift and we would always work with our dnr quite sure. a bit and uh he got a call where uh, a hunter didn't come back in so his wife told us the area that he was in we we spent two days looking for him and we found him hanging in his uh his harness yeah. He was still probably about 12 feet off the ground. And, you know, that back, back in that time frame, no cell phones, uh, texting was still not, not real. In, in, I don't even think you texting was a thing in 94. I've no. been the, 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 the anyway, in that area, there was no signal anyway. So, yeah. uh, we were lucky to find him and he was, he, he had a broken back. He was still alive. We got him out of there. He hypothermia. Jeez. Um, but he, very lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, I, you know, listening to that podcast with Seek One and, and just listening to that guy talk, like, it was just like, oh, my God, dude, I can't even imagine. And that was a thing, too, that he had mentioned, uh, which I'm usually somewhat pretty good on, but, like, lately I kind of slacked on was, he didn't tell anybody exactly where he was. They knew a general area, but it was like the general area was like 3000 acres. So do you guys, when you guys go up now, y'all are still active hunters. And, and I mean, really you need to have something up in the tree that's visible to human eyes, like orange. I mean, cause all bow hunters, a lot of guys this time of year, completely decked out in the most camo best mossy oak patterns that you can get mm -hmm. um, to blend in with your environment but you need need to have something so you can be found and uh, either a, a some type of um reflective tape or something that when someone's shining a flashlight they can they can find it if they're, if they're shooting up into trees with a, a wide beam or something but there needs you need Guys need to think about safety just for the purposes of if they're not, they don't get home and people are out looking for them. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, man. But I, I mean, what I've been doing lately is uh, when I get to my spot, I I drop a pin on Onyx and mm -hmm. I send it to my wife, or I'll send it to a buddy <clears throat> that I'm hunting with. So that way they know if, like, I don't make it back to my truck, they know exactly where to go to find me. That's you the know? right thing to do. Yep. And, I, it, and yeah. that was part of it, right? Like, and that's what that guy, you know, mentioned. He was like, you know, had I sent somebody GPS coordinates to my location, would things be different? Probably not because of the way he fell and you know, broke his back and his neck and things like that. But, you know, he wouldn't have laid out there for two days. And, right. uh, uh, yeah, there was some experiences. And down there, you got to deal with hogs. And he heard them rustling around. And he's like, this is it. Like, this is how I'm going out. I'm going to get eaten by a bunch of wild hogs, you know, mm -hmm. which very well possibly could have happened. And, you know, thank God it didn't. But, yep. Yeah, anything can happen out there, man. <laughs> I was uh I got another one about the ground blind. Sure. Um 
just another case of probably just going too fast, uh, just not thinking about. But I don't know. It was just like any other day. I was already all set up, you know, in the in the blind. You know, I have I have an arrow knocked. You know, it's sitting in front of me in one of the the uh, the the bow holders that goes in the ground and and i can't remember what the reason why but i had to like shift something around so my infinite infinite wisdom i left the arrow knocked and i put it off to the side i like lean the bow off to the side and i'm like it'll be safe right there well in all my shifting around whatever the hell i was doing somehow i got that thing to rock towards me and i was going down at the same time and i literally saw like and i was slowing down as i saw this I saw like the broadhead enter like near my armpit as I was going down and this thing was moving. And I was like, whoa, I was like, what am I doing? Holy stupid. Why do I have an arrow tip sticking straight up right now? <laughs> like I like, you know, thank God I was paying attention. But if I was going too fast, I mean, just think about, I mean, an armpit shot with a broadhead and not a mechanical an artery one. up there, dude. I know. That's that, what I'm saying. Like, you're crossbow? Done. No, that was with the, the bow. I was just being lazy. It just didn't take it off. And I, you know, because I was like, oh, this will just take a second. You know, well, it turns out that's probably all it would take to like take you out, you know, but learned a valuable lesson with broadheads that day. Like, don't be an idiot, you know, like take the, you know, you know, D knock or whatever, take the arrow off, put it down, leave it, you know, leave it out of the way. It's just stupid. I was like, you know, but it's just things you learn, right? You're just like, ah. I think there's some arrogance in it too. You're just like, ah, I'm, I'm fine all the time, sure. you know. And it's like we said, it's like it's the littlest things that'll get you. You know, it's like the the little like you know. Here I am in a safe environment. I'm on the ground. You know, it's like there's really nothing to happen me here, but there is a sharp object sticking straight up. That's razor sharp, you know. <clears throat> well, that's like that's like walking through the woods with an arrow knocked. You know what I mean? Like you yep. trip, you fall. I mean, <clears throat> you, even the back side of that, the knock side of your arrow. I mean, if you fall on that with some force, dude, that's going right through you. Mm-hmm. It's going to yeah. hurt. Yeah, it's easy to do, man. It's uh, a lot of things we overlook. You know, it's take your time. This is the time of year, man. You're You're out there and you're trying to be alone. So nobody knows you're there. Sure. I mean, for the most part, you know, without dropping a pin or somebody knowing exactly where you hunt, but take your time. It's a, you know, what is it? Uh, what's that saying um, about the tortoise and the hare? I can't remember. Like uh, slow, slow wins the race or something. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you're looking to do. You don't want to be out there like everybody's excited. We get it. You know, been there. You know, if you're hiking up some ridges and. Oh yeah, you know, a little ways back, Jay is definitely going slow and steady. That's right, that's right. <laughs> I'm gonna take my time. You know what though? I'm gonna say this now, uh, Mr. Schiller. I remember you huffing with me a few times. Hey, I might be huffing, <laughs> but I ain't slowing down. I'm going. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Like when I took you out grouse hunting for your first time, I thought you might die. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's when I was like severely out of shape still. I mean, I'm still out of shape. Don't get me wrong, but I hike more. And that's the funny thing too, right? Like fishing season, we're all just launching our boats and getting in the boats. We all have motors, you know? So it's like we've gotten totally lazy in that aspect. And then hunting season hits and it's like, 
Oh, it's a I got to hike 900 yards back into this spot. Like, ooh. oh yeah, ooh. yep. But or uh, you could be like the guys that my this story is all about, and it's the guys that can't get out of their damn truck when they're hunting. Oh, well, they're so. I, mean, I, I, are we talking about like people who can get out of the car that don't? That no. And, oh yeah, yeah. I'm talking about your road hunters. And yeah, yeah, and the illegal hunters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I in 1992, I'm a brand new trooper, and I get to go out and work. I'm always out till two or three in the morning. Anyway, it, it's hunting season, and a DNR come to me about nine or about seven o'clock in the one morning, and they're like, "Hey, man, we're gonna set up one of our decoys. You want to come out and play?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to do that." So. The county that I worked in was huge apple farms, apple orchards everywhere, oh, whole yeah, mountainsides yeah. of apple orchards, right? So a lot of dips and stuff. So they they set one of these decoys up. We set it up. It was about 175 yards off of one of the roads on a knoll, but we could sit behind it, and then you had, we had a chase car or a car up the road you could radio to, radio to, to come in which that was me so um anyway to make a long story short we weren't up there it was probably only about 9 p.m and uh i heard the shot and then i get the radio call said hey we just we just got one um we lit him up he's he took off he's headed your way so i i blocked the road threw my lights on here he come I, you know drew down on him Walked over, got him out of his vehicle, took his stuff. They come up behind me, right? And so we're making the arrest. <laughs> and while we're there, we hear a shot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so here we go. They they to go back down. They get another guy, and this time, this guy had already had two does laying in the back of his truck that he killed on the way up through there. Oh, Jesus. So you know. Um, I, I hate road hunters. I mean, I, and I hate guys that that are so damn lazy that they can't even get off their four wheeler when they're hunting. Because I, like I was telling you guys earlier, my place up there, I got 190 acres, and it's covered with it's an old strip job, coal mine strip job, and there's a lot of old timber roads, and uh, I, I've got it posted. I've got a couple boys, young boys now that go up there and take care of it for me. And they've got it posted. But I've been up there up in a tree, you know, like Brad and I, we were all talking earlier. I'd be 25, 30 feet up. And I could hear a four-wheeler coming around the mountain, come right up in there. And I, I, I'm not too far off the trail. And uh, you see them coming right there in their, in their, in their clothes, four hunting right off the four-wheeler. <coughs> is, is that illegal in West Virginia? It's illegal on my 190 acres. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm I'm saying hunting from a four wheeler. Uh, it well. Because I believe Wisconsin, I, it's illegal. Illinois, I, I know it's illegal. Um, I I, I, I have a permit in Wisconsin. If you yeah, have a in, permit, in West you Virginia, can hunt from a vehicle. Okay. You can hunt from a vehicle if you if you're disabled, and we've actually got some of our state parks are set up for, to assist, um, hunting. Who, but. 
honestly, I, I, I'm not up to date on the laws now where I've been retired for 10 years, what the, what they are and with what they can do. Sure. But, uh, um, it, so it's just it, aggravating. If they're yeah. doing that, they're probably spotlighting too. I admit. Oh, no doubt. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, but those, those are the stories that I, that I had for you. Um, Go ahead, Brad. I was going to say spotlight. And come on, Jay, get with the times. We're all running night vision and thermal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah no. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Taking your coyote guns out uh, just to go look for deer. I could have used that. Exactly. Scopes yeah. can be swapped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, technically thermal is legal to hunt deer within Wisconsin. I mean, I can really? hunt deer with thermal. I can't, I have to stay within normal shooting hours, but I could use a thermal sight on, on my deer rifle. Would that help you? Ooh, I mean, that... I, I get, well, I mean, no. I guess low light but i mean last night i had uh it had to be a, at least three does coming on me and i didn't see the one until she was about 10 feet from me because she was in the woods and the canopy is still thick oh, however so the field to my left was nice and bright and beautiful yeah. and you know whatever and and i think i had two minutes left in shooting light but I, you know i was i was bow hunting so yeah i know how that goes you're like is that deer like you know you're like <laughs> looking all these different ways moving like is that a leaf i can't tell i can't tell i knew it was deer coming down the hill but you know like i said i couldn't see her till she was about 10 feet from the tree yeah. and all i could see was her head and you know i'm not taking that shot you know like i could see her back a little bit but you know it was just it's yeah. too late i'm like there's no yeah. point in who wants to spend the next six hours chasing one right yeah, right exactly game. so that's always that decision too it's like do i want to walk in the woods all night <laughs> what else you got brad i've got one other one that really comes to mind this was early on in my waterfall hunting career i had a small 14 foot mirror craft fishing boat like the, like older like late 60s early 70s but it was a small mirror craft it wasn't like the big deep v fisherman one the thing maybe was three feet wide, super shallow V. It was only rated for like a nine horsepower. Sure. Me and a buddy were out hunting public land. Um, and we knew a thunderstorm was coming. And we went out intentionally knowing that the birds are going to come back early because they're going to get fading light. Like they're going to come back in before shooting time's over, knowing we're going to roll the dice and we're going to make it out before this thunderstorm. We had an awesome hunt. And as we're packing up, like the wind starts to pick up. And we're heading back. And... I'm happy I put a bilge pump in that boat, but that bilge pump couldn't come anywhere close to keeping up with the amount of waves we were taking over it. Sure. Oh, wow. Like, like Buddy and I were like, it was like, this is back before I was kayak fishing or canoeing. Like, I never wore a life jacket. Like, life jackets were in the boat, but you're in a boat. You don't wear a life Like, we actually put, put our life jackets on. Like, at one point in time, I'm like, man, we're going to have to start bailing water by hand, too, because this bilge pump is not keeping up. Like, oh, it, it was wow. pretty sketchy. But I mean, we made it back. Everything's fine. But it's like now, like looking back at like what I learned, it's have a boat for the conditions. Like know sure. what your boat's actually capable of. Honestly, in that situation, the kayak would have been better. I sit on top kayak because at least it would have bailed. Right. Right. And right. Probably take break less waves, man. That boat was way overloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I had that scenario fishing one night because we used to go up and troll Lake Geneva, crystal clear Glacier Lake, like best time to fish it was at night so uh we uh were out trolling 
we come around this point and the wind kicks up and the waves were, you know, like probably two to three foot, you know, <clears throat> maybe slightly more. Uh, boat handled it totally fine. Um, however, uh, once they started to kick up, my buddy who had been out with me dozens of times decided to tell me at that point, Hey bro, I don't know how to swim. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was like, look, dude, grab a life jacket, sit on the floor. We'll go back in. I don't want you to be uncomfortable, you know? Plus, I don't feel like jumping in the water. It was fall, you know? Good I don't feel like swim. jumping in and <laughs> you and you. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's the thing. Like, don't be bashful. Let people know that you're with. Like, if, if you don't know how to swim, like, it's not the end of the world, dude. But yeah. at least let somebody know. Uh, so that way, if something were to happen, you trip, fall out of the boat or roll your kayak or something like that. Uh, on the new canoe podcast this week, I was talking to a kid and he's down on Lake Lanier. And, uh, he said they had a ton of drownings down there this year. And one of them was a guy that was out on a paddleboard that didn't know how to swim. Like, Jeez. I don't know what the thought process was on that one. Well, and here's the thing too, right? They have that waste, um, they have that that waste life preserver, that inflatable one. Uh-huh. Like he he wasn't even wearing that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. was he? I I have no idea. Anytime I, I see paddleboarders, they don't get anything on. Yeah, usually they don't. Yeah, know? it's and I I believe that's illegal because it's still a watercraft. They gotta. Ha- Right. I would think they would still at least have to have a life jacket on the boat. Sure. Right. Sure. But but it's not a boat, right? It's a, it's a, it's a paddle. Water craft. It's listed as a watercraft. The, uh, the law you have to have one, watercraft. You have to have one in a canoe. I mean, same difference. You got to have one in a kayak. But yeah. It's it's a paddle craft. Yeah. Whether it's so. But we always see that, right? I mean, well, I mean, back to the subject though. A paddleboard that's probably the most intimate you're going to be with the water in terms of how close you are versus like a kayak. So if you don't know how to swim, like I would say you, your chances of falling off of a paddleboard are way better than yeah. out of a kayak. Yeah. Agreed. You yeah. know, so if you don't know how to swim, you got no business being in the water. Not like yeah. that. If you can't save yourself, right? then you shouldn't be out there alone. Agree. You know, I mean, just learn, <laughs> you know, actually, you know, that's the girlfriend said the same thing to me once on the kayaks. She never told me that we're like out there. She's like, you know, I can't swim. Right. And I was like, what? I was like, really? I was like, now nah, you tell me. I was like, okay, well, I mean, she's wearing her PFD, but I mean, you know, it's like, okay, well, all right, let's just hang out by the near the shore, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's just always interesting. I mean, you know, some people hold it back to think it's like a bad thing. You know, they just won't tell you what they're all. They're just putting themselves at risk because you're not prepared for it now. Right, right. You know, and I remember taking training for that when I was uh, younger as a kid. The YMCA, um, drowning victims will ter- tend to drown you too. So they teach you this technique of going up to them and basically kicking them with your feet, like pushing them, not kicking them, but pushing them to shore. Like you just keep pushing them and pushing them, but you stay away from them because all they want to do is grab onto you. And as soon as they do that, they're pulling you under. So, 
can get a little I, sketchy. <laughs> I hit a, a little bit of a sketchy mishap that could have gone really bad. Uh, this northern duck opener. Uh, new duck hunter. Uh, yeah. Eric, if you're watching, I'm calling you out, buddy. Oh, Farticus. <laughs> Farticus. Uh, we decided we were going to paddle up this creek and possibly jump shoot some birds. And he was super excited. Like, I know that feeling. Like, my first waterfowl hunt, like, all I wanted to do was shoot a bird, right? And I kept going, hey, Brad, can I shoot now? Hey, Brad, can I shoot now? <laughs> and Brad kept going, no, they're too far away, dude. So it was a similar scenario. We were paddling up this creek, and I told him, I was like, hey, dude, whatever you do, do not shoot my direction. And some geese kind of popped up out of nowhere uh, flying, and they were a little too very much out of range. And uh, old Farticus decided to sling some steel shot out there, and it... (sighs) It wasn't directly over my head, but it was pretty close. My ears were ringing from it. And, you know, I know Brad has had a similar situation happen at, in closer encounter. But, I mean, that's that's a thing, too. Like, it, you know, and I had explained to him as well, like, and I tried to lay out the groundwork so none of this happened, right? Like, when you're sitting, like, we did a lot of sitting on the shore, sitting in the kayaks, butted up against shore. And I was like all right, there's this imaginary line between us, you know, and you only shoot that way and I'll only shoot this way, you know? So that way there's no, and it's the same way pheasant hunting too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, You could swing a little bit to the side, but you know, if your buddy's over there, why even take the chance? Right. I can see you guys, man. Why do I just picture the ghostbusters crossing streams, you know? Yeah. Right. right, (laughs) Yeah. well, even like when we're doing the deer runs, like, you know, how, like, you know, how conscious we are of each other. Sure. Like, right. we'll wait. Like, if we don't see anybody, we'll wait. Yeah. Until we right. see, you know, because we walk, you know, obviously we're in orange, so it's easier to see it, but you can well, still be blocked pretty good and you can't see anybody. Well, especially with a <clears throat> rifle, right? Like, yeah, that rifle bullet could go minimum, what, two, three hundred yards, depending on what you're shooting. But, yep. you know, it. I mean, even still, I mean, him and I were probably 10 feet from each other. Oh, sure. You know, and he, he, he kind of put one up over my head and I was like, bro. (laughs) And he felt super bad about it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. Like he apologized multiple times, felt horrible about it because we had had that conversation, but again, he got excited and he didn't slow down, take his time and think about things, you know? Yep. So, yeah, the excitement, just rushing yeah. it, forgetting yeah. safety. That's the thing. I mean, it's just it's so crucial just to know your surroundings. I mean, which I think, you know, uh said it earlier, which this will be a good segue into like I'm gonna do this brief story um of my buddy Scotty, who's actually from Wisconsin. He's a avid hunter, like you know, he's uh hunts fowl, deer, all kinds of stuff. And he went out to uh, him and some buddies went out to um Colorado to hunt elk <clears throat> and they're in the middle of nowhere i mean they're bringing tents everything they're not doing like the tv stuff you know they're out there you know for the long haul and uh they had noticed that um you know they're they had smelled smoke earlier in the day they thought somebody else was camping by him or something 
not a big deal. But as things progressed, um, they actually found themselves uh, in the middle of a forest fire that and nobody knew where they were. And they actually got it got so bad for them that they had to leave everything behind. Tents, bows, everything, everything got trapped in the fire, got burned. These guys almost got trapped and they had to figure out a way out of the woods and rely on their senses. And again, this is a very small, I am, you know, this is not the entire story, but you know, this is more or less the footnotes, but I mean, the, when we say a mishap, I mean, this is about as worse, you know, or about as bad as it gets besides a couple other things that trump this. But I mean, these guys got out at the skin of their teeth. Like literally they, if, if they made, they actually said if they made one, there was this one moment where they just, they decided to go another way than the other way. Then we went the other way. They all would have been gone. They just, they never would have made it out. And it was a really big forest fire. <clears throat> so, I mean, you know, we, we get really complacent <laughs> in where we're at and, you know, and it, we're enjoying something and then all of a sudden mother nature just comes out of nowhere. Well, especially you know? being from like upper Midwest, right? Like yep. you don't necessarily think of forest fires, but you go out West, that's a common occurrence, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of think and plan for that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. But we'll have him on the show one of these days and get that whole story. Cause I think when he tells it, it is obviously so much better. Um, but it's just interesting just to hear of all the decisions they had to make. Sure. And, and, and to leave all your stuff behind, you know what I mean? Just to be like, all right, this is going to slow me down. I, we can't bring this with, you know, but, uh, interesting. A really nice guy. I mean, very, you know, um, I mean, he's an outdoorsman through and through as well. I mean, he's very, uh, he's well acquainted with, you know, hunting and fishing and all that other stuff. Matter of fact, he bought two kayaks for me. Nice. Um, but, uh, I mean, so, I mean, he's always out there, but yeah, it just happens to the best of us, right? Even the most prepared people like can find themselves in, you know, an interesting situation during hunting, you know, for you sure. gotta, and that can happen out up North too. I mean, it just really depends. It just has to be the, the you know, not so perfect circumstances, so to speak. And, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess what we take from all this is like, there's so many things that could happen, uh, little and big um, and everything, you, you all your actions have uh, reactions of some sort, you know, out in the world. So you just got to kind of take your time and limit your exposure to danger if you can, sure. you know, and then uh, just, you know, make sure your loved ones know where you're at. Yeah. Um, make a plan. They, they always say make a hunting plan. Yeah. T- tell a friend, whatever, however you got to do it. Show somebody on a map. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways you can do it with Google Maps, Onyx. You can just go on Onyx and take the coordinates and throw yep. them to somebody too. You don't have to throw them an Onyx pin because they probably won't be able to use it. Sure. You that's, know, that's one of the things we did at our cabin. Jay was uh, we had a we have a map up on the wall of our and it's it's got the property lines all on it oh that's smart and, uh, and on, on each ridge we all we got our ladders we got about three ladder stands out so you know people could go hit those ladder stands if they wanted to mm-hmm. and we got those marked so if, if i was up there hunting and somebody come up there and they couldn't find me maybe i left my phone at the cabin mm-hmm. um so they don't have the ability they at least have the 
three locations marked that they can go to. Sure. Um, so another thing, if you if you own property, folks, mark those places for people to be able to find you. Yep. It's huge, huge. I wanted to do a uh, number one beginner mistake that you did. Could be anything. It doesn't have to be like deadly or safety re- related. <laughs> deadly. But uh, <laughs> number one beginner hunting mistake. We'll start with Brad. Wow, what to throw me right on the spot with this one? Yep. Are we talking like, how are we talking here? Are we talking safety wise? Are we talking just like it could some be anything? Head? Anything. Chasing limits rather than enjoying the experience. I like that. And I know, I mean, I talk a lot about that on my podcast, that it's about the experience and it's not necessarily about the harvest of the animal, but, and I know all hunters, in my opinion, go through that phase. They do. They start to learn, they get confidence. And then like that next level, their next goal is I need a limit. I need a limit of birds. I need a big buck, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like we all start chasing limits or big deer. And I, I know some people that really enjoy chasing big deer. So that's not really necessarily what I'm what it's about it's about even like they have to shoot a deer let's put it that way they have to shoot a deer or they need that limit of ducks they need that limit of woodcock or grouse or they need that limit of pheasants and that's the only thing that makes that hunt enjoyable is if they get that limit and they're completely missing out on the entire experience because they're focused on it's got to be that limit of birds or they failed and that's not what it is like there's no success or failure other than what you take away from the hunt the success is the experience and it's much more than just that limit or shooting an animal preacher <laughs> preach on preach, brother preacher preach amen <laughs> i like it i like it no i agree with that man i agree totally. with that i've gotten a lot of enjoyment from jay's photographs the past few weeks <laughs> mr elk yeah 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 that's like i said man i'm an accidental uh elk expert now yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know how not to find them, but find them like good. I don't know, whatever. I don't know. They, I just get lucky, dude. I what was that, that last night picture, dude. That the size of that one, that's a big boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was big. Sure. I mean, and like again, gonna... that's on a hill too. That's like a cut, like on a a transition area. So that camera is pretty high. Jay, if you're going to keep hunting elk country and not seeing any deer, you need to start bringing a better camera with. So at least you can yeah. get some ball yeah. of photography. Well, definitely. Well, yeah. well, there was another option, and I took that one. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just hunting another direction now, away from them. I, you know what? I love elk. They're really cool, but I'm really tired of seeing them. Yeah. Like, super tired of it. Uh, yeah, if you can't harvest one. Dude, like... It was just, I, the thing was backstories. I saw deer in these areas before hunting season. And now it's like, yeah. all I see are elk. That's it. You know? And I mean, and I walk up on them. Like, that's the other thing. Like I'm having encounters that people would probably love to have. And I'm like, this sucks. I mean, like, it's cool, but like, yeah. you're not what I'm looking for. Right. Know? Yeah. And, we don't, you don't want those encounters encounters coming up in November. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, yeah. it's like you'll have to get up a tree to get away from them. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, I've been bumping them, and I mean, it's crazy how close I've been. Like, just like personally, you know. And then having them come up the blind and then biting the blind, I was like, just like, can you guys? And then they stare at you for like ten minutes. I'm like, can you guys go? You're kind of making this harder. 
You know, I want you to do a test, Jay. I want you to get some elk estrus, oh, put a little on your pants, oh, and yeah. run around some bull elk and see if anything happened. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want that. Yeah, that's a whole no, no. I'm gonna oh, keep this. Nope, funny. nope. That's funny. Uh, my my very first hunting experience was it was my first sit. I got a bow, been shooting it a bunch. Sit in the stand. I have four does come in, and I shoot the one. And uh, like I, I was new to it. YouTube was still new, so I didn't watch a ton of hunting stuff. Like, was on some forums, read some things, this and that. But when I shot that doe, I didn't watch where she went. I didn't pay attention to where I shot her. I th- I thought I I hit her right behind the shoulder. Well. Lo and behold, it was a little further back. And, uh, you know, luckily I had a mentor uh, with me. And, uh, you know, he was like, where'd you hit it? And I was like, right behind the shoulder. Well, we find my arrow and he's like, you didn't hit her anywhere close to behind her shoulder. I gut shot her. And, like, I was super excited. It was my first deer. So, you know, you got those nerves, things like that. And uh, I just wanted to find my deer. And I was taught a very valuable lesson that night. And, you know, we kept tracking it. We were finding little things here and there. And, uh, but it was night. And we made it to the edge of these, the the next strip of woods. And he's like, I'm going to tell you this right now. More than likely, this deer is bedded down right here. She's not dead. If we go in there, we're going to bump her. She's going to run. We're never going to find her. Or we go home. You get zero sleep because you're all upset and stomach's in knots, wondering if he killed this deer or if he just injured her. And then we reconvene back here first thing in the morning, and uh, we'll sit, we'll hunt, and then we'll get down and find her. Lo and behold, we stopped 40 yards from her. She didn't move out of her bed, and uh, I got my deer. But it's that old saying, when in doubt, back out. It was a valuable lesson. Uh, you see guys make that mistake all the time and they continue to bump deer, you know, because they're just wanting to get it rather than backing out and waiting for them to expire. So how about you, Mr. Rap? We're going to end this one with Jay. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell everybody, uh, all of us are kayak anglers and we always dress for success, correct? Sure. Well, in hunting, dress for the coldest weather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can shed clothes a lot easier out in the woods than you can put them on. And socks are so important. Yeah. High-quality socks, you cannot go wrong. Because um, everybody, especially you guys that climb trees, you know your feet get cold first. Um, and uh, so I dress, for, dress to, to peel off and... For goodness sake, get the best pair of socks you can wear yep. uh, or best pair of boots combination and, and, and have, have the, if you're going to spend money, spend it on your feet. Yep. Yep. Cotton kills. Yeah. Don't, don't get any cotton. It's the worst enemy. Dress some layers. <clears throat> like, uh, to, like yep. if you get all sweated up on your walk in, the, the odds of you staying warm is just not going to happen. So 
uh, exactly what John said, make it so you can strip down and go in. And I would mm -hmm. rather be a little cold when I got to my stand so I can put yep. my layers back on. Cause if I'm hot and sweaty, I'm going to lose all that heat. And my, even I wear good clothing. I wear good base layers, Moreno wool. I, I, I wick sweat very well, but once you get hot and sweat it up, like it's really hard. Like once you cool back off, it's really hard to rain. It's for, for me to retain heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That the other day, uh, <laughs> What was it Saturday? Uh, I'm gonna see how far exactly it was. I knew I had a long hike in, and uh, I just went out with uh, an underlayer and my hoodie on, you know, because I was hiking in a stand, a bunch of climbing sticks, you know, my bow. It was almost 900 yards, it was an 890 yard hike. That's a long walk, so you know, it and I knew that, and then there was wind that night too. So that wind hits you when you're all sweated up, man, it just chills mm -hmm. you down real quick. So I stuffed my backpack and some extra layer or stuff, my backpack, put my jacket stuffed into my backpack with some other layers. So once I got up in the tree, settled in, cooled down a little bit, then I layered back up, you know, like that's huge. That's huge. For the longest time, I didn't do that. And I froze my feet would be cold and numb and, I was like, oh, I need better boots and this and that. And, and it was a combination of better boots, one thick merino wool sock, and that's all I wear, you know? So, yeah, you got to know your body, though, too, right? So, sure. You got to figure out if you're a big sweater, if you're not, you know, do your extremities get cold? Um, you got, and then, you know, hot hands. Like, I remember, I think one of the funniest things was it's like, you knew about them, of course, but, me bringing them hunting and then you're like oh let me try them and then you're like these things are great yeah. <laughs> you know because i mean like well it eliminates like a layer right and also sure. you can manage your feet especially your feet you know especially if you're wearing like rubber boots and stuff i mean again my feet tend to get cold so i have to even with marine wool um you know i'll throw some uh hot hands in there you know, like the, the foot ones or toasty toes and whatever you know, you just gotta figure out how to manage your your heat, yeah. uh, or or your just your temperature and everything. But <clears throat> you know, I walk out of there like I remember in the winter. Remember, I would I was walking out of there with like a thick jacket, and I was like, that was just the worst thing to do ever. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, yeah. <laughs> so go down to a base layer, walk in there, and just be a little chilly, and then put on the heavier stuff later. Sure. Number one beginner mistake, Jay Randall. I mean, you brought up a good one. I agree with you about yours, about what we were saying about bumping the deer. Because as you know, you were with me and you allowed me to do that one day, just, I yeah, guess, to learn. learn a lesson, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And I learned a really big lesson on that one because uh, I lost that deer. Found her and then lost her, found her and then lost her. Yep. So um, I would say definitely, I guess it falls more into take your time um learn the ways like i mean i i've had the benefit of you know hunting with people who know what they're doing so i've learned kind of quicker and i put in a lot of time but it's so easy to make these mistakes and everybody's gonna make i mean it could even be like leaving your release in your in your vehicle sure you know you know or leaving uh your quiver like i, I i've heard stories of that people walk out and they're like where are my arrows 
you know? <laughs> yeah. I usually make a mental checklist as I'm getting ready before I take off into the woods, you know? I got that yeah. checklist. I got my stand. I got my sticks. I got my backpack. I got my bow. Yep. Releases on my wrist. Got my arrows. Got my layers. All right, good. Let's go. Think about how much stuff we take in, too. It's sure. isn't that crazy. It's like, sure. but yeah, take your time. Uh, make sure you know, you know, have your own checklist of like Brian's saying, all that stuff. I mean, it's all relative, and we're all going to make different mistakes, and we're going to make other mistakes along the way too. But sure, um, yeah, I'd say don't rush anything. That's the worst you can do. See, I thought for sure yours was going to be either <laughs> don't make sure you bring a nose plug or a clothespin for uh, your nose yeah. for your first uh, gut job, or yeah. work on your gag <laughs> reflexes. That's right. <laughs> so it's yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? I'm not ashamed, man. It's all good. <laughs> you know, I've learned. I just take it in now. And I'm, oh yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I'm think quite so. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I had to keep it together for Seth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't watch the old man like Hork. Yeah. Like, we we nicked that poop shoot and that was all over. I was like, oh, oh boy. I was like, that was a nasty one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm just Good I'm stuff. just sitting over here laughing about you guys humping all this gear in and and like with me and deer hunting I'm done in five minutes at this point I'm just taking a rifle. That's because we're men and we hunt public <laughs> land, yeah. Mister Privateer. Yeah, <laughs> only for deer. I, I I there's I bet I put more miles on public land than most people. I I will agree with that. Probably with Brad. the birdies. Yeah, yeah. Brad <laughs> definitely puts in the miles on the boots. That's yeah. for sure. I don't even know that world, so I can't speak to it. It's fun, man. It's a beautiful world, sure. man. I've gotten, a, I've got a, a very controlled experience from it, but not like the bushwhacking version that you do. If you oh. didn't move like thirty-seven hours away, I'd take you out this weekend. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I, I love it here, but man, I miss the <laughs> hell out of you guys. Like, I hate that. I just can't cruise up anymore. Like hey, that bro. part, buddy. I'm, I'm only four hours away. I know you are, yeah. man. And he's got 180 acres or whatever the hell it was. I know. I just... I'd be in West Virginia every weekend <laughs> shooting I mean, bears and deers. I was looking. Actually, when he was talking about I was looking at the license fees and all that for non-residents. I'd be making John's wife jealous that I was hanging out with him so much so I could, you know, get up there and hunt on his land. <laughs> if you would have moved to a state or... with a good wild bird population, Jay, I'd drive down by you for a week. Ooh. Well, I know if they you like it. If you like rough grouse, I got a good population of them and turkeys too. <clears throat> I, I be, I've been known to travel and go to multiple states for grouse. I got a dog. We'll travel. Brad, Brad is ready to go. You had him at yeah. grouse. Yeah. <laughs> grouse. That's funny. There ain't nothing like a good laurel thicket. There you go. There yeah. You go. But I'm That's learning out here. Terrain right there, Brad. I'm learning out here so I can get you guys down here. I was already telling Brian about turkeys. The turkeys, it's it's a lot different here versus Turkey, Illinois. Turkeys don't do anything for me. If you're oh. like, hey, I could take it to a spot and you could shoot two does in a weekend, I'm there. Working on it. I don't I don't need antlers. <laughs> I don't need antlers. No, I just need some meat, man. I know. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not picky. But... Nope uh thank you gentlemen for uh joining us tonight uh both of these guys have their own podcasts on paddle and finn if you guys aren't listening to them 
Uh, John is the rusty hook. Brad is feather and fur. So if you like the hunting content, definitely go tune into that. He covers all kinds of different styles of hunting. Uh, John covers a lot of kayak fishing, uh, especially like that uh, Northeast section, West Virginia, Virginia, all that stuff. Uh, some tournament stuff. He's always got Chris Payne on every week talking about some baits and cool things like that. So, uh, and it's cool because Chris makes up some baits a lot of times on your show, and it's super cool to watch that. So, I dig it. Uh, thanks everybody that tuned in. We're here live every thursday night seven central eight eastern five o'clock out on the west coast if not you can catch us on the podcast platforms right after and uh yeah jay randall any final thoughts no good show guys thanks for coming Enjoy. on yep and uh be, be, safe. be safe out there <laughs> you, do you keep a clothespin in your hunting bag <laughs> Or a nose plug, which is it? <laughs> nah, man. Just eat. all you need is Vicks. You're good. Vicks, Vicks right, under Vicks, the nose. Vicks paper, uh, maybe yeah. vapor. It's like two little swabs. Whoop, whoop, you're good. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs> all right. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.